Hey guys, my name is Malcolm Freeberg, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you so much for stopping by for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 318 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, Malcolm Freeberg is going to be joining us. He was on Survivor not once, but twice. He was on Survivor Philippines and Survivor Caramoon. So... He's going to be here. He's going to talk about Survivor, and he's got some great news about a new show he's working on called Wayfaring. There's a Kickstarter program with that, and he's going to let us in on all of that stuff. So stick around. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and we've got a great show coming your way. Malcolm's coming up. We've got stories about the movies that are coming out, and if you have a suggestion for a guest, be sure to email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and I'll see what I can do about getting that person on here, and you can hear their story right from their lips. All right, what do you say? Let's get into it. It's time for Remake Madness. Remake Madness. Well, the remake of Stephen King's The Stand by director Josh Boone will have an R rating and Three hours long, according to the director. That'll be interesting. And Guy Ritchie is directing a remake of the King Arthur story, and it's looking for a 2016 release. And Mark Burnett is producing a remake of the classic Ben-Hur for 2016. That's it for upcoming remakes. Next on On Screen to Be On, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, well, it looks like Sausage Party is an animated movie that will feature the voice of Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, and James Franco. Seems like those guys get together and just have a good time when they make a film. It's about a sausage's quest to learn about his existence. And rumors are out that Kristen Wiig and Sam Rockwell will star in The Heart, and there's no word about what the plot for that is. And Jonah Hill and Ben Stiller will star in Aloha. It's a comedy set on a tropical island. That is it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming your way as far as sequels down at Sequel City. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Sequel City, sequels coming your way. Well, it looks like Guillermo del Toro is now in the process of co-writing Pacific Rim 2. And a remake of Joe Dante's Gremlins is in the works. And the original star of the 30-year-old movie, Zach Galligan, would like a role in the remake. And a sequel to Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas's 1989 War of the Roses movie is in the works. And is called War of the Roses, The Children. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? We've got it next.
TV on DVD, well, on August 19th, 22 episodes of Once Upon a Time, the complete third season will be coming our way. Revenge, the complete third season, will land on DVD on August 26th. And on September 2nd, Grey's Anatomy, the complete 10th season, makes its way to DVD with 24 episodes on September 2nd. That is it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to find out what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD, July 8th. Nymphomaniac Volume 1 and Volume 2 will arrive on DVD and Blu-ray on July 8th. Rio 2 will fly into stores on July 15th, and Divergent will come to Blu-ray and DVD on August 5th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV and Entertainment Time, Showtime has announced that Penny Dreadful will be back for Season 2. And Netflix is bringing back The Magic Bus as a new series that will be called The Magic Bus 360. And they are looking to bring it back in 2016. And WGN America's new show, Manhattan, set in the 1940s, is a drama about the famous project, will premiere... On Sunday, July 27th, that is it for Entertainment and TV Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Malcolm Freeberg from Survivor. That's right. He's joining us here to talk about his new show, Wayfaring, his Kickstarter project, and a whole lot more. Malcolm Freeberg, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is an alum of not one, but two Survivor seasons. He has appeared on The Bold and the Beautiful Soap, and he has a new project in the works called Wayfaring. It's Malcolm Freeberg. Malcolm, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Malcolm, you've become very popular in the Survivor world. (laughs) (laughs) I assure you that was an accident. It's funny, if you go back and look at the press we did before Survivor started, I was sure I was going to become a villain. And all of a sudden, I came out as a popular, and I'm not arguing with it, but it was a little shocking, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you get on the show? Give us a little background about about that. Uh, Richard Hatch, I don't know if you know Richard. Uh, he was the first winner of uh, Survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was just recently a guest on it, and he gave us an idea of how he, he got on. How did you get on the show? Well, see, we grew up watching Survivor in my house. I watched Richard Hatch win that million dollars, and I couldn't understand why they gave it to him. <laughs> That guy. I was only 13 years old at the time. I didn't understand the politics that were at play. But oddly, it was this show that we stuck with watching in my house my entire youth. I was in college, and all my friends were going out on Wednesday or Thursday nights. And I, this was before DVRs. I'd stay in and watch Survivor because I loved it so much. So I went through the casting process. I wasn't recruited off the street. I wasn't approached by any casting executive. I sat down, and I made a three-minute video, figured out how to edit it on my computer, uh, sent it in, and went through the process. Like, Anybody can. Hmm. So did you do anything, you know, out of the ordinary to get their attention? Or just... I mean, being my usual loud, obnoxious self seemed to work. <laughs> um, but I will say that I did my homework beforehand. I kind of said that flippantly just now. 
but I spent hours and hours and hours online researching what reality casting people look for in potential contestants. Ah. And what I always tell people when they ask is if you want to do a show like that, nobody cares that if it's Survivor that you once went camping for a week or nobody cares that you're an ex-athlete like, or all these things. All people care about is that you can speak well in front of a camera and you're engaging you know, when you have to be and you can run your mouth well. That's really all it is. They don't care about the fancy graphics or that you did a backflip in your video into the pool. All they care about is that you can talk on a camera. Had you had a, a history of being somebody who went out camping and things like that, though? Well, I did have a bit of a background like that. I uh, was an elementary school teacher overseas for a year after college. Um, it was a program very similar to World Teach. It shipped out for a year. I lived in Micronesia, the middle of nowhere in the Pacific. Don't feel unintelligent if you haven't heard of it. Uh, nobody has. Uh, I lived on it, but I lived on a tropical island the size of about two football fields for a year. I was, I was very sustenance living, uh, spear fishing for my dinner most nights of the week. Uh, no internet, no phones, things like that. So I had had some experience that did build up the resume a little bit, but again, that's not the deciding factor for uh, getting on shows like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But now, with that experience, do you think that helped you at all when you were on the show? Uh, you know, a little bit. Uh, maybe not in the ways you necessarily expect. Like, I have a background of spearfishing with a Hawaiian sling. It's got a rubber band on the end of the stick. You let it go, and you pop a fish, and you get dinner. Um, that didn't help at all when I was on Survivor because the location that we were in just didn't happen to have good fishing. There wasn't anywhere to get anything uh. like that. I knew how to crack a coconut. I guess that's something that uh, paid off a little bit, but everyone knows how to co crack a coconut after a couple days in. But I will say the advantage that my teaching experience on that tiny island gave me uh, was I didn't get a case of island fever at all. What happens sometimes is because you're constricted to such a small geographical location when you're on Survivor. Uh, people get a little antsy. They can't go anywhere. You're not talking to anybody. You're really the time is the worst thing, the time and the isolation. Well, I'd done that for a year already, so I never had a problem psychologically coping with the situation. If there was any advantage from that year teaching in a tropical island, it was more that than anything survival-related. Mm. Obviously, what we see on TV isn't necessarily what happens all the time because they have to edit down you know, probably yeah. hours and hours and hours of video in order to get what they want. Uh, of course. But you know, there's guys filming you, obviously, or girls, whatever. Um, now, are they taking off and going to eat steak somewhere, and you guys are staying there eating bugs? Or <laughs> Those rat bastards. Yeah, they come back. Uh, uh, the way that works is uh, the crew has a camp at wherever your camp. So your camp is cordoned off. Like As much as we have, we're on a big island, we can only probably explore 200 square yards of that. We have to stay within a very confined space. Ah, okay. Well, maybe 100 yards away from there is a small camp for the crew and it's surrounded by security all the time so that you can't go over there. But, uh, what happens is they can go over there and they can have Gatorades and all manner of things. You just try to keep out of the back of your mind, but it's actually a rule that they can't eat in front of you. They can't drink in front of you and, uh, they can't come up. They're not even supposed to come out smelling like it. And I'll tell you a quick story because it really drives you mad. Oh, I can imagine. We, we were about a month into our, uh, the first season I did, so there's only a few of us left on the beach, and one guy came out, and he smelled so strongly of Doritos chips, nacho cheese Doritos. 
I had to walk away. I literally, like, he walked by me, and I, it, it was some new guy. He was an assistant cameraman. I had to walk away because I was, like, having a very negative, violent reaction about it. I would have started licking. And, and one of the other guys who's on the beach with us, uh, Mike Scoopin, is an older guy, literally started yelling at him to go away because it was driving him that mad. And this guy ended up, I don't think he got fired from the show, but he was severely penalized because he smelled like Doritos. And after, you know, a month of you know, what you're doing to your body with the lack of food and such, that's enough to drive a man crazy. Right, yeah, yeah. That's how cannibalism came about, I think. They could smell the Doritos. <laughs> he was about to lose an arm if he hung around much longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but even if they're in the camp and they're, you know, frying up some burgers or cooking up some burgers or steaks or whatever, you must be able to smell that. They keep them far enough away, and they are good about it. I tell, always tell that story, and then I always have to backtrack. I know they're really good about it. It was a one five-minute occurrence the one time. Hmm. But they don't like – they're actually large base camp for, that crew runs out of multiple hundreds of people like to produce Survivor. Yeah. It's way far away from where we actually are. But for the crews that have to work that eight-hour shift, when they need to go to the bathroom, we don't have bathrooms. They probably got a porta potty back there. Hmm. They have like their Gatorade, their snack bars, things like that are yeah. just out of our control. Wow. Now, with with like what I was saying, they must condense a lot of film down. Do you do you feel that uh, they cut some of your best stuff out? <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Uh, something that they're fond of saying is they have to always take four hundred hours of footage that they end up having having each week and turn into a 40 minute episode. Mm. Um, there's so much going on. So obviously they're cutting out a lot of, uh, material. And like some of these things that you remember that just, you thought were really integral and hilarious at the time, never actually make the show. And you kind of can see where the storyline is going to go while you're out there because they're telling a story for TV and you know, and it's all result based. So the story is going to revolve around whoever gets kicked off that week and whoever's winning the show and things like that. So you can kind of pick and choose, or we know while we're out there to some extent what's probably, you know, where this story's going and what's going to be relevant. Um, but uh, to kind of go with, with this story, one of the funniest things that ever happened, and I was out there for 70 days between two seasons, never made the show, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened because there was a guy named Eddie Fox, the fireman, he was all cut up, really lean young guy. Uh, Eddie was mad that the old man who was running the tribe at the time, Philip Shepard, wasn't making enough rice. So Eddie, not ever, he's never cooked the rice in the three weeks we've been out there, didn't understand the concept that rice expands when it's cooking. So he dumped half of the rice that we had left for the entire, like, what, three weeks left, dumps it all in the pot at once and tries to make rice by himself just because he's hungry. It starts boiling over the pot. And he was my buddy, so I had to help him out. So this scalding hot rice is literally coming out of the pan like popcorn over this big pot. And there's three of us just shoving boiling hot rice in our mouths. <laughs> Cameramen are cracking up. My tongue was scalded for weeks. Wow. All, the entire camp was wondering where all the rice went. We were all sick the next day because we hadn't eaten that much carbs in like almost a month. <laughs> wow. Jeez. But again, so something like that, it's like this funny, great memory that a few of us have would never make the show because that's not integral to the story of what was happening. Like mm -hmm. there's no place for that in a 40 minute episode. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you have any idea when you were leaving the show on the first season that they were going to take you back for the second season? Yeah. Or so, a second season, uh, I should say. Yeah. The story with that is I was the last person kicked off my first season. 
I would have won if I'd gotten through it. Everybody knew it. I choked in the last challenge, and they got rid of me. So I'm furious. And I, you can see on my face when I'm walking, doing my walk of shame away from tribal council, mm-hmm. stuff like porch. <laughs> I was not in a happy place. I'm a competitive guy. I was heated walking down that ramp. Well, about five minutes later, they dismissed the three people who were left in the game, and Probst literally ran around the tribal council set, came up to me and asked me to come back for the next season that was going to film in just two weeks. Uh, I literally knew five minutes after being kicked off the first time that I'd be coming back for the very next season that was going to shoot in two weeks. But with that short a time span in between, you must have lost a lot of weight, right? Oh, I was a physical wreck. I uh, I lost, I think, 15, 20 pounds the first time I was out there. And then I've got two weeks to go home. I know I've got two weeks to go home and like, get my, kind of gain a little weight but right. keep myself in shape. I'm thinking lean chicken and... Uh, vegetables and like put on some healthy mass before I have to go do this crazy thing again that people have been training for for months. I just wrecked myself. Mm. So I go into the grocery store the day after I get back to the States and I've got my list and it's got like white meat, broccoli, asparagus, all these healthy things I'm supposed to be eating. I inhaled, inhaled desserts smell for the first time in a month. I immediately made it like dropped my shopping list, went over to the bakery, ordered a cookie cake for myself, had them write welcome home Malcolm. And I dined like a fat, gluttonous pig for two weeks. And when the second season started, I was carrying around a pot belly like I've never had in my life. But you really need to have some of that as it starts, right? Yeah, you get, there's two schools of thought. One is you get fat, you have like your stores, like you're a bear hibernating for winter out there. Mm. Um, but the other kind, the other ideal, which is where I went uh, for my first season, not the second one just because I was being fat. Um, but that first season, uh, I lost weight beforehand. Uh, I cut down the body fat. I started eating really lightly before the trip. And the idea there is uh, to slow your metabolism down. Uh, yeah. So your body gets used to the idea of not eating a lot of food and being able to function like that. Mm-hmm. And, that and people usually go one way or the other one, or they don't care at all and they're miserable. Right. <laughs> Now, well, you mentioned coconuts earlier. Now, now, doesn't coconut milk make you get the runs? And <laughs> oh, yes, sir. I was going to try to dodge that. You brought it up. <laughs> I was notorious for what we called cocoa butt. Um, what happens is you you need to drink it because there's, I mean, water's fantastic and all, but right. there's no electrolytes. You can't replace what your body needs, like with just water, especially with the amount of physical activity we're having to do just to survive. So you have to drink the coconut because it's got electrolytes and other nutrients and such. Now, the problem with that is it is a very strong laxative. Right. So if you drink too little, then you're not feeling good because you don't have the nutrients. But if you drink too much, all of a sudden all the nutrients are shooting right out your back end. <laughs> and both times I, I overhydrated way too early in the season so maybe two weeks in I got the cocoa butt and then a vicious circle because you're losing all the nutrients before you even get them out your backside so you have to rehydrate yourself with the coconut which you in turn lose again because you've already got the run so you take more in and you it's just like a I mean I don't want to get too graphic there might be young (laughs) listeners I'm not sure what your demographic is it's not pretty it's like just a fire hose out of a place where no nothing should be happening (laughs) jeez now, I, 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 we're going to get into this, but I, I take it your show Wayfaring is not going to be in this type of situation. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'll t- I've been, we'll get into it, but I 
was approached to a lot of travel show type stuff after Survivor kind of took off and I gained some popularity. And everyone wanted to put me in survival situations. And I told them to, like, to shove it. Seriously, I'm not, I'm over this completely, guys. I want to be somewhere where I get to eat, where I have a bed. I want to be able to wear clothes. Yeah, no more of the survival nonsense. Yeah. Any regrets about being on that show? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, not winning. It's obviously right. Well, yeah, one, but <laughs> but uh, no, I loved it. It was something I always wanted to do to get have the host of the show, the guy you grew up watching TV, run around the set to make sure you'll come back and do it again. Mm, yeah. uh, I had a really good time. I got to do some stuff that only a few people in the world have ever done uh, through the reward challenges on the show. Uh, it was no, I I loved my Survivor experience. Yeah. Would Would you go back if they asked you for another season? Goodness. See, I just sat here and talked about how now I'm never doing that survival nonsense again. <laughs> and, and but it wouldn't be because I want to go have the experience, right. or I wouldn't do it because I want to. Like, I really want to live on the island and test myself. If I d- got asked again, I might do it again. I don't know if I would say yes or no, but I might do it again because of that competitive drive. Because I didn't win the first. Two right. Times. Yeah. I mean, so I would the, think that you'd want to go. You know, finally get in there and prove yourself that you know you can win it. You know. Oh yeah, it's, that's the the angry voice still knocking on the back of my head every night as I try to go to sleep because you didn't pull it off. And it might shut him up if I got another chance. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, let's talk about your new project that sounds pretty exciting. It's going to be a Kickstarter thing, too. And uh, can you give us a whole yeah. idea about what's going on with that? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm really excited about it. What uh, I kind of referenced it a second ago, but I was approached to a lot of travel shows after Survivor. And, uh, again, everyone's trying to starve me, and I told them to forget it. <laughs> but uh, a couple of young producers came to me with this idea, and it sounds really cool. So I got on board, and we're you know working through it, and we're going to leave July 1st. Um, the concept is it's a 20-day road trip around the U.S. We'll have a couple. Uh, we'll have at least one RV. It's probably going to be a beat of crap car. The other one, um, <laughs> small crew, and it's, it's a doc. It's a documentary about a road trip. But the big twist is that we are not going to have any control over the journey. Everywhere we go and everything we do, we're leading up to a live social media vote every morning of the trip. Wow. So if the first day we're driving out of L.A. and we're going to hell, the options might be Las Vegas or they might be the Grand Canyon, we don't get to make that decision. It's all up to the audience. Hmm. Interesting. That sounds – Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're uh, going to give them choices of where to pick, though, of, of like four places, you say? Yeah, we can't make it completely open-ended, but it's a lot like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Hmm. Those ones where you get to the bottom of the page, like, oh, if you want to do this, go to page 34. You want to do this, go to page 72. Yep. It's a lot like that. We'll have the options for you, and then you'll pick between what we're going to do that day. So in the morning, I mean, if it's, I mean, we're not just, if we go to the Grand Canyon, we'll color the options a little bit. I really, really want to play uh, capture the flag on some donkeys if we do that. But hmm. uh, but then throughout the day, there's other polls as well. So these will all be announced through social media, the uh, 
it's Wayfaring Live is the uh, Twitter name. And all these polls will be announced. So if there's a small decision has to be made, we're driving across the desert. What's Malcolm going to wear? Is he wearing a parka? Is he wearing a raincoat? Or is he naked? All of these <laughs> options will be available to the public. So we have no control. It's completely their trip. And we're just basically the characters they get to control. You're the puppets, yeah. Huh. Now, yeah, is there any place, in, we'll like that. Any, place <laughs> any place in the United States that has coconuts? <laughs> I am so anti-coconut. It's ridiculous. And people knowing that is what's terrible because our producers are going to be the ones setting up these options. So if we get to dinner one night and it's a, there's this great legendary steakhouse in the middle of Backwoods, Texas that we find, the, the viewers are going to have the option to either give me a steak or maybe I get brought, like, raw coconut and that's all i get to eat while the entire crew is eating like these gorgeous ribeyes in front of me you know they're, they're gonna set all, you up <laughs> oh i'm perfectly aware i've heard some of the ideas that i shouldn't have and i'm a little terrified but this is not just the vacation some of this stuff is really really going to be uncomfortable and you will have the option to torment me if you wish <laughs> sounds like it's going to be a fun show we're hoping so it's a really challenging format because with the idea of you getting to control the action like that. Well, we want the payoff to be immediate. We don't want to just film throughout the summer, and then you don't get to see this stuff until September, October. So the way this is going to work is that we start shooting the 1st of July, leaving L.A. Whatever happens the 1st of July, wherever we go that was up to the vote, whatever we do is going to be completely cut, shot, edited, and produced while we're on the road that day and ready for you to view on the 2nd. And no, whatever we shoot on the 2nd is edited and produced for the 3rd. So every morning when you wake up, the episode that just happened from the previous day is going to be waiting there for you. Wow, that's that's great. So it's not it's not going to be on a, a network on TV. It's just going to be on the Internet? Yeah, we're doing it all through the Internet. We have our own website, wayfaringlive.com. There's also a partnership with YouTube, who's really stoked about the idea. Mm. When uh, we took this idea, we had, it was a few producers, and I was kind of the face of it, took it to uh, a couple networks. We got interest. We even got like a pittance of money thrown at us for it. But no one's willing to take the risk because no one's ever tried anything like this before. Right. This is the first of its kind. This is it's a little crazy, actually. It's why we're going for it because no one's ever tried anything like this before. Huh. Now there there is a Kickstarter program going along with this, right? Yeah. So like I mentioned, we got a pittance for the front end to get us going a little bit, but for this back end, really be able to do the trip properly, we have to raise the money through this Kickstarter. Uh, again, just look up Wayfaring Live. It's on Kickstarter.com. If you're unfamiliar, just Google it. Use the Internet machine. It's simple enough to find. There's a lot more information about the trip. We have some really cool rewards. If you donate in at certain levels, you get access to exclusivity for this trip. So, for instance, you buy in at a really low level through our Kickstarter program. There's going to be an exclusive content page only available to you and the people that buy in at this low level. You go up in the tiers, and there's even more control over the trip. You go up a little higher, now you get access to a private boat every day that's only available to people that have bought in that high. Mm-hmm. I'll be doing live Q&As from the road about the trip every third day. That's available the next tier up. You go even higher, now we're getting into executive decisions. We'll call you from the road and at, give you the vote. Like Nobody else is voting in public now. I'm just going to call you. It will be on the show. Okay, uh, Nancy from Saratoga Falls, I uh, have to ride either the bull, the horse, or the mule across this canyon right now. Which am I riding? So as you buy it at higher levels, you're going to get even more and more control and more access to all the stuff we're going to be doing this summer. Wow, that sounds great. Jeez. Huh. So th- this is a, a, a kind of a neat uh, 
idea that somebody you know can, you all came up with because uh, uh, more and more things are starting to be done by you know Netflix and YouTube and and Hulu and all those shows. They're all starting to do it and and just saying you know goodbye to the networks. So. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, we're trying to we're doing a little branding. Certainly, we got a couple ideas and some gigs. I don't want to give it all up just yet, but uh, the idea, it's the first. It's, nobody's ever done anything like this, and everyone's the push in the industry is trying to make shows interactive. And I mean, you have that with American Idol, where you get to vote off, you know, whoever you like. And there's even some shows coming out. I think even Discovery's doing one, where you get to help out somebody uh, by voting for them online. But nobody's had complete control over a live protagonist like this before. And then we're, since we're hosting off the web and since we're going to have our own website and since we're going to have, you know, complete control because the networks didn't want in, we get to give you all the exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff as well uh, in exchange for your support and more control over the access. Hmm. Sounds fun. That's great. Oh, well, yeah, we're excited. We're well, I'm a little terrified at some of the stuff that people are going to have the option to make me do, <laughs> right. but it's going to be a lot of fun for hopefully us and everyone watching. Yeah. Participating, really. It's not watching. It's right, yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Well, Malcolm, I'd like to finish up with two quick final questions. Yes, sir. When you get back uh, you know, into the real world and <laughs> not out on an island somewhere or wayfaring <laughs> or whatever – what are your favorite TV shows to watch now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, see, I mean, I wasn't lying earlier. Survivor was the only TV show we were allowed to watch growing up. So mm-hmm. to get on that was a dream come true. But lately, I, I'm a Game of Thrones nerd. I've read all the books. Yeah. I get fired up. I'm jumping up. When I know something's coming, I'm looking down the edge of my seat, waking up like the girls are napping and not really paying attention on the couch. God, pay attention. This is good. This is good. This is good. So mm-hmm. I get... Violently passionate about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, as far as movies, in general, I was raised on James Bond movies. Uh, it's like yes. my dad's like, I'm gonna go have a drink and go play golf. Here, watch James Bond movies. <laughs> um, yeah, just be like that, and you're gonna be okay. That being said, Top Gun is the single greatest cinematic achievement of now and forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What do you think <laughs> about them doing a second one? They're talking about doing a second one. They are not. I didn't know. Stop right now. I'll go make some phone calls. I'm going to get that shut down. There's some things you don't mess with perfection. I know. I don't know why they do that. Absolutely not. No, I'm going to, I'll have my people on that. We'll have that sorted by tomorrow. (laughs) Well, Malcolm, I wish you a lot of luck with this. Uh, I'm excited to see Wayfaring and I hope it all comes through for you and uh, it's going to be great. I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for taking the time. Malcolm Freeberg, I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. A lot of fun to talk to him, and uh, I'll be looking out for Wayfaring. Sounds like a good show, and if you would like to uh, find out more about that, uh, you can go to his Kickstarter project, help him out, and uh, if you go to onscreenandbeyond.com, on the front page, we've got it listed there about uh, where you can go, and all week we'll be having information about that. His Kickstarter program is on, it is live, and you can help him out. And it's a 20-day jaunt around the country. That's all I can say about it. And you decide what he's going to be doing. So it sounds really interactive, and it sounds like a lot of fun. So I hope you're going to join uh, him on that and uh, enjoy the time. So 
That's it. Uh, we are going to finish up here at On Screen and Beyond for this week. And uh, don't forget, if you would like to make a suggestion for somebody you would like to hear here at On Screen and Beyond, you can email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and I will surely see what I can do about getting that person on for you. If you want to like us on Facebook, we'd appreciate that. If you are on iTunes, leave us a review there, and uh, we'd appreciate that. Help more people hear about On Screen and Beyond. And uh, we are all over the world, so that's always a good thing. And if you look on onscreenandbeyond.com, we've got that map right on the front page that shows you all the countries that we have listeners in. And uh, I actually have to update it because we had a few more countries that uh, came through. And if you are listening to On Screen and Beyond and you don't see your country, you know, where you live in white on that map, then just send me an email and I will correct that for you. All right. So uh, we appreciate you listening each week. I love the emails that I've been getting. And uh, that's about it. It is a wrap for this week here at On Screen and Beyond. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. 